Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Thank you, thank you, Senator, and uh, thank you to all of my colleagues here that have joined us today. This is so incredible. This is such a major watershed moment. The Green New Deal has long been the centerpiece of Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's rise to power, but the details behind the proposal to address serious environmental concerns have long been unclear, until now. But is her plan to reset climate policy in this country dead on arrival? This is TikTok. I'm David Myers. Joining me today is Bloomberg's Jennifer Delohi, who covers energy and environmental policy in Washington. Thanks for joining us, Jennifer. Thank you. What's the overall basis of this plan? This Green New Deal, which is deliberately evocative of FDR's original 1930s era New Deal, is meant to dramatically remake both the economy and the energy sector uh, by basically massively investing in clean energy jobs and infrastructure. So the environmental piece of it is built on a real simple premise that we aren't doing enough to prevent a global climate change catastrophe and that time is running out, so we have to act fast and we have to act in a big, bold way. The Green New Deal's solution to that is to push for a swift decarbonization of the electric sector by rapidly transitioning away from coal and natural gas and other carbon-generating power sources to zero-emission renewables. But this plan is much, much bigger than just energy. It, it really sets, uh, aims to set in broad and sweeping social change. Uh, supporters envision kind of a, uh, a, a World War II-scale mobilization that's designed to address social injustices, health care concerns, and economic insecurity. So it includes universal health care, for instance, at the same time it tries to set in uh, energy efficiency upgrades and neutral uh, greenhouse gas neutral power generation. And today we finally got a look at the plan. Um, you know, Representative uh, Ocasio-Cortez came out with Senator Markey and, and gave the full details. What new specifics did we learn? We should do it because we should lead. We should do it because that is what this nation is about. We should do it because we are a country founded on ideals of a culture that is innovative, that, that cares for our brothers and sisters across this country. We should do it because we are an example to the world. Today we saw more explicitly what the Green New Deal sponsors have in mind. Uh, it's important to note that they, you know, they're rolling out a resolution setting the parameters of what they want to do, not actual legislation with very specific policy priorities. Uh, and interestingly, there was a little bit of uh, confusion about what exactly they were trying to do. A fact sheet describing uh, the initiative um, had a bit of a surprise for us, and then it told us on nuclear there was no space uh, for nuclear power, for that zero-emission power source, uh, because the effort was coalescing around trying to dramatically expand uh, existing renewable electricity. The supporters of the plan kind of backpedaled from that later today, uh, and, and Senator Markey made very clear that what's in the resolution is not nearly so specific. There's no one technology prescription in the actual resolution itself, but it clearly illustrated some tension around whether the supporters of this plan will eventually get behind nuclear. One other thing that was uh, a surprise today is uh, that we learned that the supporters of this are specifically ruling out a carbon tax as a possible option. They say that that just wouldn't generate the swift and massive investment they believe is necessary given the scale of this problem. Now, when you take all of this into account and you start looking at these ideas um, and getting them done, not necessarily getting them passed in Congress, because as you point out, that's a, that's a different issue, but is it even possible to be carbon neutral in 10 years or accomplish some of these specifics laid out? Many analysts 
uh, and many environmental pragmatists will tell you, uh, you you absolutely cannot do what they are aiming to do here on this time scale. Uh, right now, renewables are, are you know some 17% of our uh, national power generation. Uh, that includes hydropower, which really uh, has limits in scaling up since it's uh, really based in the Pacific Northwest and, and is more of a geological feature. Uh, so there are huge limits, uh, huge concerns about how you scale up renewable power uh, in, in such a sh- rapid time frame, particularly if you aren't going to include nuclear as uh, a way to provide emission-free power. There are technological barriers. There are land-use barriers. Uh, and, and all of these are fraught. So, for instance, on the technological side, there are, we need major step changes in the storage of power in large grid scale storage of power from renewable sources, some of which are intermittent. You know, it isn't always windy. Uh, the sun doesn't shine at night. Power storage is what helps provide that as a stable power to the, to the national grid. And we just aren't technologically right where we want to be. And it's not clear we will be in uh, a short 10 or so year time frame. And then you also have land use concerns. Renewables, you know, don't always have to take up a lot of space. There are uh, technological innovations around that all the time. But uh, on the grand, in the grand scheme of things, renewables require, you know, a larger land mass, have much bigger footprints. Uh, think of large wind farms and uh, sprawling solar arrays. So that's a concern, too, even beyond some of the technological concerns. So we learned these uh, new steps forward and, and what happens possibly next with this plan. But where did it begin? Where did it all start? It's, it's a little unclear how all of this started, though what we can say is that the person at the very center of it, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, made it a centerpiece of her successful campaign for Congress. Uh, AOC, as she is known, is, is you know a progressive newcomer who has marshaled her political celebrity into momentum for this initiative. Uh, she's been able to lure a massive social media following and galvanize activists around this idea. And, and you know, just in the last uh, few months of this new Congress since the election, you know, we've seen hundreds of young activists storm Speaker Pelosi's office after uh, after the November elections. Uh, you know, she. Ocasio-Cortez briefly joined them to kind of live stream a protest to demand action, to demand passage of a radical plan to fight climate change. Uh, you know, sh- as I mentioned earlier, this is this is more than just an environmental plan. It's about social injustice and, and righting uh, inequities. Uh, and so she has been able to marshal support for all of these ideas. Again, uh, evoking really the the FDR's, you know, original New Deal and the idea that uh, we need this massive uh, mobilization to deal with social injustices and environmental concerns. But FDR's New Deal had to pass Congress. So what are the prospects of the Green New Deal if it were even to come up to a vote? Well, the, the good news, perhaps, for proponents of the Green New Deal is is that it won't. There are no signs that House Democrats in charge of the chamber are going to bring it up for a vote. And that's in part because they recognize that it is so polarizing. And they also recognize that a defeat could actually be a setback to longer term efforts to combat climate change. Uh, at this point, you know, analysts say you'd probably lose essentially all Republicans and at least a third, if not more, of the chamber's Democrats if there were an actual vote. But the value in this effort is is not in actual legislation at this point. It's in momentum and uh, driving enthusiasm and a big conversation around climate change. Is that the way you just described it, why we haven't heard any tweets or any comments from President Trump on 
the Green New Deal because he knows it's not a realistic thing. And so he doesn't want to get on the wrong side of the issue um, before 2020 or, or before environmentalists get involved. You know, I, I would be surprised if he stays out of it entirely. I anticipate at some point he would tweet about this. Uh, I, I think it's kind of irresistible for some Republicans to poke fun at this. Uh, they see it as, you know, this broad socialist uh, gambit as well as, you know, impractical uh, on an environmental scale. Uh, but what is striking to me today is the extent to which Republicans have held their fire, stayed out of this. I think they're content to see environmentalists and Democrats criticize this rather than jumping in the fray. Uh, that will come. Certainly, we've heard criticism from Republicans uh, in, in recent weeks. Uh, just yesterday, there were climate change hearings on uh, in the House where Republicans blasted the Green New Deal as impractical. Uh, so certainly that criticism is out there. Again, Trump may weigh in at some point, but at this point, Republicans seem to recognize this is dead on arrival uh, in some ways. And why not let Democrats bash each other over it? Why do we need to get involved? So if it is dead on arrival and if it, this proposal is not truly legislation, but it's, you know, what happens when we say it's flag day or it's my favorite teacher day? It's, you know, it's not really a law. Why even push the issue then? Great question. So this is uh, a starting point for discussion. It's a galvanizing social movement. It's a provocative exercise designed to get policymakers and people talking about how the U.S. can aggressively fight climate change. And, and I think in that sense, it's, it's working. We're all talking about this today. And even though it has no chance of passage in its current form, the Green New Deal is driving this, this nationwide conversation around climate. Uh, it's getting Washington policymakers to address this issue. Uh, you know, I, 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 I mentioned that Republicans were holding their fire. One thing that's also happening and what we're seeing today is environmental activists also are muting their criticism. So that includes environmentalists who absolutely believe zero emission nuclear power and carbon capture technology need to be part of any final climate solution. They are very strategically muting their concerns and opposition now because they see this as a social movement and a conversation, and they recognize that that is more important right now than complaining about the actual architecture of this, this deal. The real challenge for environmentalists and Green New Deal champions going forward will be converting all of this social attention and enthusiasm into real legislative results. And that's going to be the challenge uh, in the months and years to come. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Make sure to follow Jennifer and her reporting on Twitter. She's at Jen Delohi HC. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening and please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm David Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers and you can get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.